and welcome to She Thinks a Podcast, where you're allowed to think for yourself. I'm your host, Beverly Hallberg, and on today's episode, we highlight National Hispanic Heritage Month by discussing the contributions of the largest minority group in America. We'll also look at new polling that shows a decline in Hispanic pride in the U.S. due to poor leadership and how the community views the immigration crisis at the border. And we have a wonderful person to break it down for us today. Yali Nunez joins us. Yali Nunez is a visiting fellow at IWF and previously served as executive director of communications for the city of Hialeah. Before her role as, as executive director, she worked approximately four years as a director of Hispanic media and spokesperson for the RNC, giving the Latino community a voice inside the Republican Party. Prior to her work at RNC, Ms. Nunez was invited to join as director of Hispanic communications for the successful re-election campaign of Senator Marco Rubio. She worked for five years at, as a journalist and is often on Fox and Univision. It is a pleasure to have you on She Thinks today. Thank you so much. It is a pleasure to be here with you, Beverly. Thank you for having me. And so Hispanic Heritage Month started yesterday. So this is Friday, September 16th. So it started September 15th and it goes till October 15th. And just so people know what National Hispanic Heritage Month is, it is when we celebrate the history, culture, and contributions of American citizens whose ancestors came from Spain, Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central and South America. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, when I think of the Hispanic American community, I automatically think of strong family values and hard work. What else should we be thinking of and how should we honor the Hispanic American community in this next month? I think you've made a very good and accurate description of what the Hispanic community is about, but it's also about celebrating all the achievements, the contributions that we've done as a community across this wonderful nation of the United States. And, you know, all the years that we've been here and we've been giving to other communities to feel inspired by the work and the effort that Hispanics um project every day in every sector that there is in the economy, in, in the health sector, in the education sector. So it's pretty much all over the place. We are um, a force to be reckoned here in the U.S. and we have the largest uh, minority vote when it comes to uh, the electoral uh, part of things in politics. We are forced to be reckoned, and that's what is important, not only to celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month, but also to bring awareness of what the Hispanic community is doing and where it's standing here in the United States. And we are going to get into just where Hispanics tend to lean right now as far as the red versus the blue in, in the midterms. But I want to just pick up on the terms that we've already used, the term Hispanic, the term Latino. We hear now the term Latinx. And I was hoping you could just kind of break it down for us. What is appropriate to use and when? I think Hispanics and Latinos are terms that are appropriate. I, I don't know if uh, the Latino community is so much aware or maybe not aware, but so comfortable with the term Latinx. I'm, there, there might be a portion of the community there is. There's another portion of the community that does not consider necessary to describe themselves as Latinx. Um, I think right now the, the Hispanic community has always been an inclusive community, but I think right now what we're seeing um, by numbers is that they're migrating to more conservative views and they want um, to experience what capitalism is truly because we, many of us come from uh, places that are, that have had a socialist system or a communist system even for so many years. And we've experienced the consequences of what it, what it is to live in a place like that. And 
We want to leave that behind. We came to the land of opportunity precisely for that, for opportunity. And that can only be experienced in a capitalist society. And so when you do have members of the Hispanic community hear words like socialism being preached from even as high as the presidency, or you have somebody like uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, of course, a congresswoman from New York, is there immediately a negative reaction to that? Because as you said, so many have come to this country to flee socialism. I think it's disappointing to hear it because we come to this country with the idea of, you know, building a new life, to have hope, to have an economy, a free and fair market that works for us and that we contribute to that market and to that economy in a way that we have not been able to previously uh, do in, in our own countries because of the system that is in place. So I think it's important to uh, be very aware for politicians to you know, the words that they use, the language that they're speaking about, because many of them have never lived in a place like this. So they refer to uh, all this uh, socialized ideas of a society, whether if it's a free health for everybody or free education for everybody. Listen, I come from Cuba. I was born and raised in Cuba. And not till I was like two or three. I was living there until I was 16 years old. So I know precisely how it works. Nothing is for free. When you're making 10 bucks a month and they're telling you your education is free, that's a lie. When they're telling you your health care is free, but you're making $10 a month in pesos, which is the national currency in the country, it's, it's, it's truly it's disappointing to hear these words. And they need to be conscious about those things before they speak about it without never experiencing them before, because they're selling an utopia that is, is truly not existent. It's just it doesn't work. And so we, on the last episode of She Thinks, we talked about the issue of the student loan forgiveness plan that President Biden has. So when you hear that, when others in the community hear this idea that we're going to forgive your college debt, how do most people in the Hispanic community feel about that and respond to that? I'm going to give you a, a basic example. I, uh, I was free debt when I um, ended college. I went to the University of South Florida, so go Bulls. But, you know, I did it by working full time and going to school full time. I did not owe a penny to anyone after that. And I had only been here for like six, seven years. So it's doable. And now I feel that maybe if I would have gone four more years and studied laws, maybe Biden would have paid my education. How do, how do you feel for all those generations? How do you feel uh, in respect to all those generations that have earned the right to go to school, they have worked their way, they have paved the way for the next generation to do it with honor, to do it with pride in their work. And now they're just getting it for free. It's, it doesn't bother me the fact that they want to help, but it bothers me that they're creating a culture uh, around this issue that is not the correct one. It's not one that is going to um, allow this generation to grow exponentially as they should be growing with all the advances there are in our society right now. But they're just going to believe that everything has to be handed to them just because this administration has decided to follow this type of policy. Well, I'm glad that you you brought up that story because I think it does directly relate to something that you wrote that I encourage people to look at that is on IWF.org. And the piece is entitled Low Hispanic Pride in the U.S. Reflects 
poor leadership. And I want to read just a portion of it. This is what you write. You said the U.S. has traditionally been a beacon of freedom to immigrants from around the world. And each year we welcome more than one million new immigrants. But sadly, for the first time, pollsters have found that a majority of Americans say they are not proud of their country today. The survey by Fox News asked registered voters, are you proud of the country today? To which 39% said yes. This is down 12 points from June 2017 and 30 points since June 2011. Hispanic and minority voters are increasingly shifting to the Republican Party because of this. So first of all, explain to me your thoughts on this shift of feeling like you can take pride in your country. I think in general, every Hispanic is proud of, of this great nation. This is the greatest and most generous nation in the world. But right now, what we're experiencing, uh, is experiencing the Hispanic community is one of the most effective commu uh, affected communities by the economic crisis that we're experiencing. This is not lost on us, right? We are, um, we are in shock of how much the country has moved backwards. I feel like, and I think there's no pride, not in the country, but in the leadership that the country um, has at this moment, because it has not moved us forward. And that's where we want to move with every single American. I don't think this is just something unique on the Hispanic community uh, uh, per se, but it is a global thing uh, around the country right now that we're experiencing when it comes to the leadership that is in place. At this very moment, we have to be very concerned um, recently, uh, the numbers show that the inflation for the most, uh, month of August went up. It should have gone down. They said that the gas prices were going to keep going down. And now we're hearing from the secretary, uh, from, from Janet Jalen, that they're going to go up again in December just because um, the prices in Europe and the consumption and the buying from the Russians. And this is all we keep hearing. And there's no way that any American can feel pride in seeing the country moving backwards instead of forward. So we've talked about the economic aspect of this. I want to talk about some of the, the more social leaning topics, things in education like critical race theory, the transgender movement. I started the podcast by saying that the Hispanic community is very family oriented on these types of social issues. Where are you seeing the Hispanic community stand on these issues? Are they speaking out against things that they don't like or are many in support of them? I think Hispanics are traditionally conservative families, and they lean to be conservative. They want their they they want respect for the religion that they practice. They want to lead um, their family down the path of respect for others, for their community. They're hard workers. We are hard workers. I include myself in it, of course. Um, and and with all these issues, um, one thing is to come to the country of freedom. And a very different thing is to experience the debauchery that we're seeing with this type of topics. It's truly, it's truly tough to see when they want to impose a certain ideologies on kids. Because let me tell you something. They might say that um, the folks on the right want to uh, push the whole socialism uh, idea about uh, oh, the left is very socialist. The left only says socialist things. But this is what's actually happening in socialist countries. They indoctrinate the kids since they are little. You go to school and all you see is the propaganda around uh, what the regime is, the communist uh, slogans. That is what you're seeing. 
And that is what we're starting to experience here in America. And it's very concerning to see it in topics that involve children, little children that should not be in the middle of politics, that should not be in the middle of this type of ideologies that are confusing them at an early age. It's very, very disappointing to see this. And it should stop as soon as possible. And I think the community, uh, the Hispanic community is behind um, this type of thinking. Well, I want to take a brief moment to talk to you, our listeners. You may know the Independent Women's Forum is the leading national women's organization dedicated to enhancing people's freedom, opportunities, and well-being. But did you know we're also here to bring you, both women and men, on the go the news. You can listen to our High Noon podcast, an intellectual download featuring conversations that make a free society possible. Hear guests like Ben Shapiro and Dave Rubin discuss the most controversial subjects of the day. Or join us for happy hour with At The Bar, where where hosts Inez Stepman and Jennifer Braceras chat on the latest issues at the intersection of law, politics, and culture. You can listen to past episodes at IWF.org or search for High Noon or At The Bar in your favorite podcast app. Well, Yali, I want to get to one of the most contentious topics that we see between Republicans and Democrats, and that is what to do about immigration. I want to specifically talk about the crisis that we see at the border. Um, we see that, first of all, there is the reason we're seeing this mass influx of people across the border is because of rampant corruption in neighboring Latin American countries and also just failed U.S. immigration policies. How does the Hispanic community look at this and factor in their own opinion on the crisis at the border? I think I feel... Um... I, I think that the first thing that we should address is how the Hispanic community feels about the immigration topic. Um, we're the first ones that want secure border. Hispanics are the first one that, in the whole United States that want a border that is secure because many Hispanics live in uh, border states. It's just as simple as that. They don't want the crime crossing to the United States. They don't want to see the consequences of what illegal immigrant uh, immigration does to the country. They want to see this country prosperous and doing good. Now, right now, we do not have a secure border. So those words that the vice president recently used, very misleading, very, very misleading. We do not have a secure border. We're having buses of people coming in when there's an overwhelmed immigration system with our patrol borders, uh, uh, border officers are right now overwhelmed with the amount of people that are coming in. And it's, it's, it's totally open, uh, open border policy right now. That's what we're experiencing. And I don't think any Hispanic in the country that wants to see this country and their community safe and secure can support what's happening. Right now, we have approximately almost 2 million of illegal immigrants that have come in lately. And in this fiscal year alone, there's so many. And with one person, I'm, I'm all pro-legal immigration. I think there's people that come here and they have a legitimate claim to political asylum and they should be listening, uh, listened to and they should be um, paid attention to and they should be helped because that is the grandiosity of this country. But now when we're seeing illegal immigration happening on a daily basis, the way that it's happening, people that are not good people coming in, one person that is not a good person that comes in is too many. And we've seen it. And just one fiscal year, 
we've had almost like I think 53 or 54. I don't know where the number stands right now exactly, but over 50 for sure of people that could be classified uh, classified as terrorists. No mother in a Hispanic community wants that for, for their community. So we need to get the situation under control and the administration should stop denying that there is a problem. The first solution to address it is to accept that there is a problem. And what do you make of, and I want to pick up what you said on Kamala Harris there, who said the border is secure. We have President Biden saying the economy is strong. Uh, Inflation is not as big of a problem as we're making it out to be supposedly. When you hear these types of messages, how does that resonate within the community? It's sad. It's truly sad more than anything, but it's also consequential of many things that happen within the community. Um, Hopefully in the future, everybody in the community is going to have the opportunity to go to college and to build uh, a professional future. But many, many in the Hispanic community have low salaries and the incoming of people that are going to take even lower salaries, that puts them at risk of losing their jobs of not having the same uh, uh, level of achievement and progress that they might have been having for a while. So first, we have to address that part. Second, I don't think that anyone in the community uh, wants to see the law, the, the breaking of the law. We came to this country precisely because we respect law and order because we did not have that in our countries. And to see right now the the way that they're handling things, everybody's just coming in. There's not a secure way to do it. Uh, the patrol, uh, the, the border patrols are overwhelmed with all the situation. Federal um, money is going into all these institutions, and that's us paying for it. That's the Hispanic community yeah. as well as, as a taxpayer paying for this situation. So it's just, an, it's just not acceptable. So final question, final question for you is, do you think that the Hispanic community does feel that the American dream is still alive and well in the country? I want to be an optimist, Beverly, and I want to say that it is. Um, I I hope, I hope that uh, our, our process, our democratic process takes care more than anything of this bad moment that we're going through. And I have the hope that, um, the Hispanic community and every single community out there is responsible enough to go during this midterm elections and vote for politicians, not that promise unity uh, and then do the vices speeches, but they actually deliver on their promises of, of a prosperous nation, of a good uh, economy for, for the next generation. I want to see them deliver and cast that ballot for the right politician this time around. So I want to think that the dream is, is alive and is well, and it's just going through a little blip right now. And we're going to get over that, not only on this next election cycle uh, of midterms, but also on the presidential elections. I think, yes, I agree. There is still reason to hope. And there's much that people can do, especially around Election Day. And we so appreciate not only you giving us all this great information, but also joining us today, Yali Nunez, who is a visiting fellow here at Independent, Independent Women's Forum. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Beverly. 
And thank you all for joining us. Before you go, Independent Women's Forum does want you to know that we rely on the generosity of supporters like you. And investment in IWF fuels our efforts to enhance freedom, opportunity, and well-being for all Americans. So please consider making a small donation to IWF by visiting iwf.org backslash donate. That's iwf.org backslash donate. Last, if you enjoyed this episode of She Thinks, do leave us a rating or a review. It does help. And we'd love it if you shared this episode so your friends know where they can find more She Thinks. From all of us here at at Independent Women's Forum. Thanks for watching.